0: Well, starting last week, we uh, started a new series where we we started talking about how do we experience God? How do we move out of uh, just just a belief in God or or just a, a knowledge of God uh, to to a relationship? Uh, if if you are a typical American Christian, you you've probably gone through at least a period of your life where where you've looked at at the whole religion thing, at the whole God thing, and, and maybe knew some people that it seemed like they had a level of commitment, a level, a level of understanding, a level of relationship that you wished you had, but you, you just haven't gotten there the, the, it, at the most, you maybe felt some good emotions around church every once in a while or or you, you, you had a a warm feeling about it, but, but that connection that that knowledge, that deep abiding sense that, that God is with you, you, you just have been missing that. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, I think a, a lot of fault with that lies with the church, that acro- especially in American Christianity, we, we have tried to so program God and say, if you will do A plus B plus C, you will get D. But Unfortunately God doesn't work that way. Actually not unfortunately. I'm glad God doesn't work that way. You cannot program God. We've tried to locate God by saying he lives in these buildings that you come to once a week. And if if you when you're there, you if you can you can experience God. We we've tried to to minimize his his power and and separate him in 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 the way we we react to them that on Sundays for a couple hours, we give them our attention. The rest of the time is ours. Part of the problem lies in, in the church. We have not done a good job of, of talking about how you can experience God. In fact, that's something that, that freaks a lot of people out. What do you mean experience God? We, how do you experience God? That God is. I'd, I'd rather just memorize a verse and know there's a God. And I don't want any of that experience stuff. But the only problem does not lie with the church. Part of the problem lies within us. That we are resistant to put them, putting ourselves too far out there with God. What happens if we trust Him too much? What happens if we go overboard in our faith? What happens if we become one of those fanatics? What happens if I, I say I want to follow Him? I'm going to end up in Africa. I'm going to end up in some weird place. I'm going to have to sell all my possessions. Anything I like is going to have to be gone. I won't be able to be happy anymore. I won't be able to have fun anymore. I'll only have to have boring friends who are, who are Christian. I mean, we have all these ideas of what happens if we go too far with God. And so we, we sort of create this barrier with them. We say, yeah, I give you this much work with this. If you can work with this. Uh, but you know what? God needs more than this much from us, especially if we want to really experience him. And the reason we've been talking about why, what, how to experience God is because we talk so much about sharing the message of God's love for the world, of telling our story. But you know what? If we, if we don't have an experience of God, If you've never known what it felt like to feel his sustaining hand get you through a problem, then you don't really know who God is and you don't really have a story to tell. That's part of the problem over the years is people haven't been telling their stories. They've been telling a story that they heard from somebody that told a story about a story about a story that they say, well, I heard about. We need... We need you to share your story, your personal relationship with god that 's what changes people. So how do we get that story? God needs more than this much of our lives. He needs more than just a little a casual, an hour a, a week. He needs more than just being a part of us when we 're at a certain place at a certain time. He wants to interact with us each and every each and every day He, he wants us to to trust Him beyond what we, we normally would. He wants us to stretch our, our belief in Him. He wants us to, to put ourselves on the line. I, I got a question for you. You can think about this in your own life. Your most memorable experience of God, your, your, your watermark moment of, of, of God... And that's different for all of us, whether it was at a a camp, at a retreat, or a birth of your child, I would guess that it falls in one of two categories. Number one, it was something amazing that only happens every once in a while, like the birth of a child or something like that. Or it was at the complete opposite spectrum when you were miserable and desperate, and just wishing somebody could rescue you. In fact, if, if you were to graph your life, I would probably guess that most of your experience, most of your growth with God, most of the face-to-face, those the strongest times came at the weakest part of your life, the most desperate part of your life. You know the reason for that? Because it's when we find ourselves in those situations that we stop relying on ourselves and we turn towards Him. You see, we have this thing that we like to drive. We like to be in control. We like to, we like to make our own decisions. And, and in doing that, we sort of shut God out. We basically say, hey man, I got all this. You take care of your world, I'll take care of mine. And every once in a while when I need help, I'll let you in. It's only when we're desperate we say, man, I don't know. Help. Somebody help. And that's where God shows up. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is how, how do we put ourselves in that situation more often? How do we put ourselves where, where we're sort of taking a step of faith that we're not sure where we're going to land? How do, we, how do we connect with God in such a way that we can learn that He, he is faithful? Okay, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about this, uh, this morning. And um, you know, I, I've told you we have a, a new uh, associate pastor coming in. They, they start driving from Atlanta. Uh, she's, uh, she's engaged. They'll, they're getting married this summer to another pastor. They're leaving seminary in Atlanta, Georgia, driving tomorrow across uh, Louisiana and into Texas. So pray for that journey. I know there's storms and stuff there, so pray for that journey. And then she's going to come, and she's going to be a a part of a, a church. And as I've been visiting with her and we've been communicating about getting started in the church and stuff. And it made me think back to the situation she's in. I wasn't 25 when I got out of seminary. I was a little older than that, but I was a lot stupider than she is at 25. <laughs> and just the, just the nervousness that is a part of that. That you, 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 you have in mind what you want to do. And you feel this calling in your life, but you don't know how to go about it. You, you don't know if you're going to be good at it or not. You don't know if people will follow where you lead. You don't, I mean, there's a lot of questions. And and as I was thinking about that, it made me remember I had some videotapes of some of my early sermons. Um, because uh, just so you can when I'm talking about working outside your comfort zone, if you look at the title this morning, it's do something you can't. And for me, ministry was something I couldn't do. I hated public speaking. I hated being in front of people. I hated religious people. I mean, if you were going to write a job description for a pastor, I didn't fit any of it. And yet I was being sent to to lead a, a church. And... and uh, Fortunately, I, I had a church that allowed me to be, uh, be myself, but I just wanted to give you a, a little glimpse of, and I could have done something more painful, but I wanted to save a little face for myself. So. Verses 1 through 11, if you want to read that along with me. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God and not only that but we also boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us for while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone okay, might that's actually dare to die. That <laughs> God proves his love for us. And that... was, the safest part was to show you me reading this scripture. because. Uh, but the, the reason I show you that is because, uh, number one, if you were to watch it, I, I do a lot of stuff annoying things in there i mumble i don't look up whenever i get nervous i start going, <coughs> <coughs> you know like i'm some old man choking on something or uh, i don't make eye contact with them i do weird things with my hands like I'm, uh, uh, and my message doesn't make the most sense and stuff and it just made me start thinking as well, it, emily's coming in and stuff you know, when I look back to when I went to my first church in Los Fresnos, that was right out of seminary. I went to Los Fresnos. So I was there for four years. And when I, when I went there, I had no idea what I was doing. In fact, the very first Sunday I remember, I walked. In, I had this robe that you had to buy for ordination. It cost me eight hundred bucks. I was going to wear it, so I had this robe. I didn't like them, but I put it on because that's what you did as a preacher. And I got up behind the thing, and I had my notes, and I and then just and I gave my first sermon, and and walked out the door, stood out there, and as people were going by, this old man who I later later figured out was sort of the voice of the church. Uh, came up to me, and his, his words were, I believe someday you're going to be a good preacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> any idea when that someday might be, but, uh, but then he said something that was a, a great gift to me. He, he, goes, he goes, son, we're, we're simple folks here, man let me give you a little advice. Take off the robe. You look so uncomfortable in that thing. Take off that robe, loosen your tie, and just be yourself. That's what's going to preach. And that was such a gift to me to know that I didn't have to fit this seminary image of of what they teach you, because it's something I you know. They tell you you have to write down your prayers. You got to write down this. You got to do this. You got to hold your. And you come out with all these brainwashed ideas and everything, and and it was just such freedom to have somebody tell me, you know what? Just be yourself, and let God work. And just as a side note, if if that's a gift you can give to Emily as she comes, I mean she's going to be right out of seminary. She's had all that. Stuff forced into her. And she's going to have to grow into that herself. But it's such a gift. And, and I, ho- I know that's the church we want to be. I know that's the church you want to be. If you can just remember to give her that freedom. To just speak those words to her. To say be yourself. Uh, relax. We're on your side. You know. It, that would be such a gift uh, to her. And I, and I know you'll do that. But I, But I share all that just to. That's my story of going somewhere and doing something that I couldn't do, putting myself in a in a situation that I was awkward in, putting myself in a situation where I didn't know how to proceed. That each day I had to go, what do I do next? What what? I mean, coming out of sermon, my greatest fear was, how do you come up with a sermon? 52 weeks a year that's different. I mean, there's only like five passages in the Bible you can preach, aren't there? And they, I mean, how in the world are you going to talk for 20 minutes every week to a group of people? There, there was just so many things I was scared to death of. That first week after I got out of seminary, move into the church, this old guy, uh, prominent citizen in Los Fresnos died. And they had the funeral at our church. And as I came from the parsonage across the street over to the church for that sermon, people were lined up outside the little chapel all the way into the street, all the way in the 189 degree heat in, in South Texas for this guy. I had never done a sermon before. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I, I went in my office. I, let, I got down on my knees and cried. Seriously, cried. I said, God, I don't know. I basically pl- prayed a prayer that I've prayed several times since then. You got me into this. <laughs> and I'm expecting that you're going to give me a way to get through it. You know, that, that prayer, that attitude has allowed me to move from being somebody who knows about God to know to somebody who knows God as a friend. It's that, it's that sustaining hand of God that comes when we are in our most weak. It's, it's, that, it's that presence, that assurance that no matter what happens, I'm going to be there for you. And I think the reason so many people in our culture miss that, which is, which is the basis of all faith is being able to trust that God is going to come through when he, he, he says he is. All the, all the practice that we do in religion has nothing to do with what God wants. It comes down to he wants us to know him intimately. He wants us to know him as a friend. He wants us to be able to count on him. That comes from being able to put ourselves in a place where we need him to grab us, where we're not sure where we don't have the strength to do it on our own. And in order to uh, illustrate that from the Scriptures, we're going to read a passage in uh, Matthew chapter 14. It begins in verse 22. It's a passage you've all heard before, story you've heard before. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home after sending them home he went up to the hills by himself to pray night fell while he was there alone and meanwhile the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves about three o'clock in the morning Jesus came toward them walking on the water when the disciples saw him walking on the water they were terrified and in their fear they cried out it's a ghost but Jesus spoke to them at once don't be afraid take courage I'm here Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. You've all heard this story before, and and it's a great metaphor that's used over and over again in the church, Uh, a common metaphor of getting out of the boat, walking on water. But as common as it is, it's still one of our greatest weaknesses in the church as Christians. It's doing something we're not good at, doing something you can't. Going to a place, doing, doing a task that you don't have the ability to do. You all have those. There's something in your life. You, you, there's multiple opportunities you have. But somewhere along the line, you got the idea that the only way God could use you is doing things that you're already good at. But the problem with those is you never get to experience God's power to rescue you in those because you're only relying on yourself. We don't put ourselves in God's hands. We put ourselves in our hands. The only time we go to God is when we want God to calm things around us. In this story, the disciples are out in the boat. What did it say? The waves started crashing and they got into the midst of a storm. You've been there, right? In your life. You're going along and all of a sudden here comes the waves. And you panic. Right? You panic. And what do you start praying for? God, change my circumstances. Change that. Change my boss. Change the weather. Change my job. Change that person. Ch- we pray about everything about except for us. We want, we want to just be to protect. Change all that, and we forget about me. But what happens? In the midst of this storm, in the midst of the chaos, Jesus comes walking out, and they didn't recognize him. They thought he was a ghost. Because God is always around us. Even in the midst of your problems, no matter where you are right now, no matter what's swirling around your life, God is there. He's present. You're just not recognizing him. Because you're so concentrating on the things, getting the waves and everything, you're not seeing him. But finally they recognized him. And what's Peter do? If that's Jesus, I'm going to him. If that's Jesus, I'm getting out of the boat, and I'm going to him. He says, Jesus, if that's you, let me know, because I'm, I'm walking out on the water to get to you. And I don't think it was like something he thought out. It, the more you read about people, I'm convinced it's nothing that he thought out. I think he, it was just a spur-of-the-moment deal. He was overwhelmed. There's my Lord. We were in danger. Man, I'm going there. And, it, and so it says he climbed out of the boat... And began to walk on the boat. I just want to stop on that he climbed out of the boat. Okay? This is where we, this is why we don't experience God, because we're not willing to get out of the boat. We like the boat. We designed the boat. boat. We paid for the boat. We financed the (laughs) boat. We've painted the boat. We've repainted the boat. We've reseated the boat. We have luxury uh, cushions in the boat. We put extra up on the boat to make sure that nothing else can come in over the boat. We like our boat. And that's why we don't pray about our, our life. We pray about everything around us. Change that, change that. and we, And it's not that it's bad to pray about your circumstances. We're supposed to bring all things to God. But at some point, Jesus wants us to get out of our boat, get out of our comfort zone. Get out of that thing you're used to. Go to a place that you're not used to. Go to a a situation. Do something that you're not good at. Was there any way Peter was going to be able to walk on water? No. But he wasn't thinking about that. He was responding to seeing his Lord wanting to get to him. When I I got into ministry, I was not thinking about all the things I couldn't do. I was responding to, in faith to the call I believed he placed on my life. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but if there was a call, I was going to answer. I didn't think through it. Had I thought very much about it, I wouldn't be here today. I responded out of faith, out of love, out of obedience. I went. Where in your life are you going? Where in your life are you being called to get out of the boat? What comfortable situation are you in? And you keep doing the same old thing and you you just don't get anywhere. You just keep getting rocked back and forth in the boat. And it's safe and you're well aware of it. But where in your life is God asking you to climb out? And it's scary to climb out. And so what's the story say? Peter gets out of the boat. He's got his eyes on Jesus. He starts walking to him and he's walking on water. And I, I don't think he's, I think he's just, I mean, there's probably a, a step or two. He, he's not even thinking about it. And then he gets about three steps out there. Ooh, I'm walking on water. And then it's, oh, I'm walking on water. And then he starts seeing all the water and And what the story says, is, as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, boom, falls in, goes down. You know, let me tell you, if you're going to try the life of faith, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. Just save yourself the frustration, you're going to fail. You are not always going to be able to do what you want you're going to make mistakes. You are going to do things you wish you hadn't. You're going to do things that could have been done better. You are going to fail. And the reason is, is because usually when we start going out, we start off depending on God. And then the more success we have, we start to say, oh, I got this. I can relate to this so much in ministry. The whole idea of ministry is to work towards God, to help people in their relationship with God, I can get so wrapped up in church business and planning and everything that I can forget all about that. And so I can, I can lose sight of my goal, and all of a sudden I'm mired in all the politics and planning and everything else. That's when I go down. That's when, that's when I fall flat on my face. Soon as we start taking credit for the good that's happening, soon as we start thinking we don't need to look at Jesus anymore, soon as we start thinking that we've got it now, you've all done that. Hey, God, I need you. Oh, I'm desperate, man, I need you. I need you." Oh, thanks. Okay, I got it now. We'll see you later. Next time I have a problem Ooh, well, it, right? Do this our whole life. You're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're not going to be able to sustain the faith that you wish you had. But what does the story tell us? That as soon as Peter fell, as soon as he started, to, as soon, immediately is what Matthew says. That's a favorite word of Matthew whenever he talks about Jesus responding. Immediately, he snatches him up and says, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Immediately, God's hand is there to sustain him. Immediately he's there. And in our, in our translations, we, we tend to read the next thing as a criticism where Jesus says, Oh, why didn't you have enough faith? Stupid Peter. Don't it, that's not the way it was at all. I, I think as you, it, if you take it in context, take it through the original, tra- it's more of, dude, you were so close. Why a man, you were there. Why'd you take your eyes off me? We were almost there. If you had just a little more faith, man, you were there. It's not that, that Jesus was deriding him. It's that he was encouraging him. You were there. You were on the right path. Yeah, you feel, but I got you. Man, you were there. You were so close. If you had just a little more faith, you, you were there. You know, Peter, from that point on, had a story no one else got to tell. He had a story. And I... Knowing what I know about Peter, I guarantee you, he rubbed it in the face of the other disciples. It's, you know, whenever they started argument, how many times you walk on water there, Philip? Yeah, I got that one to take care of. I'm sorry, John, how many steps? Uh, no. Now, he had a story to tell. He had an experience. As he went through life, as with all the stuff that happened in his life after Jesus was resurrected, with all the persecution he went through, with all the problems he had, he had a story. He had something to rely on. He had something to remind himself. He had something to fall back on. He had a, foundation. He had a relationship. He had an experience of who God was. You know, I, I wish I could give you an experience of God. I wish I could. I can't but I can tell you that they're out there to be had. Every day you walk by opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Every day you have at least multiple chances to respond, to put yourself in a place where God could feel. yep, there you go, to help you out, to, to encourage. You have multiple opportunities to do something out of your comfort zone, to do something outside the bounds of your comfortable boat. Every single day you have multiple opportunities to do that. The problem is you've gotten so used to the boat you don't even recognize, and you've built the sides of your boat so high you don't even see what's going on out in the world anymore. Do something you can't. Put yourself out there. Try something that you're not good at. Put yourself in a place where you will very likely look very stupid, that you will very likely fail miserably. It's only then that you know what it feels like to have God rescue you. That, that, that uh, funeral I was telling you about, I don't even have any. I, I can't remember what I said. All I remember is that somehow he was able to give me the strength to Dry my tears off, swallow the knot in my throat big enough to get up and say something that made at least a little sense, and 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 help say goodbye to a loved person. I I I don't even like I said I can't even remember what. But at the end of that, there was no question who who got me through that. It wasn't my training. It wasn't my seminary. It wasn't my knowledge. It wasn't my charisma. It wasn't my quick thinking. It was the hand of God, pure and simple. Where in your life do you have the opportunity? Where do you need to give him the chance to speak to you without doubt that, hey, that was me. That wasn't your job. That wasn't your, that wasn't your charisma. That wasn't your talent. That wasn't your money. That wasn't your skill. That was me. Where have you given him that opportunity? Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, thanks. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to experience you. Thank you for being there for us. And in the midst of our storms, Lord, in the midst of our our lives, you're, you're always there. And God, we go along in our boats, we go along our journeys wishing we had more, but not knowing how to find it. And it's a lot of the reason is we're just we don't have the courage we're not sure what's going to happen. and Lord, we're not going to be able to fully trust you until we have experienced your love for ourselves, not through our grandmother, not through our, our our friend, not through our pastor, not from a story of a story of a story, but when we have the chance to to personally experience who you are. And just pray for each of us that we would have eyes that would see the opportunities, that we would have the faith that would help us to step out into the unknown, that we'd have the courage to be willing to fail. And we pray that in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we close our service.